0: Welcome to Career View. This is the podcast where we ask questions students want to know when it comes to pursuing a career path. I'm your host, Neerajit Sharmul, and each episode, I'll ask questions on behalf of students across the country from secondary schools and universities, what they want to know when it comes to pursuing their dream job. Now, for today's episode, we'll be asking our top questions that have been submitted by students on our Career View website who have an interest in becoming a lawyer Now to answer these very interesting questions I'm joined by 26 year old in-house lawyer Ben Manifold where he currently works at an investment group called Tatarang and also volunteers for a non-for-profit organisation called the Mindaroo Foundation. Despite his significant involvement in the industry and within the local community becoming a lawyer for Ben was not his first option. He has a very interesting journey so let's hear from him. And we're back, Ben, being our very first lawyer to ask our questions by students. It's so good to have you here and to finally hear your story. Uh, firstly, just tell me, how is everything going for you?
1: Mate, it's going well. it uh, yeah, been a busy day, but uh, just got back from a bit of annual leave where I went up to Karajini, Exmouth, so it oh, was awesome. Went lovely. up there camping and so, yeah, refreshed, ready to get back into it.
0: You look relaxed and ready to go, so I'm, I'm glad we got you here. So, jumping into our questions um, asked by students, the first question that we have for you is Have you always been passionate about law? I think the pretty simple answer is no. You know, when I was in year
1: nine, I I wasn't looking at the Australian Financial Review wondering what law firms were dominating the charts. But, um, you know, I, I guess when I did those co curriculars in high school, that was where I started to engage with the law and see how it played out in our society and then as i learned more about that and saw how the law intersects with different parts of our society whether that be the business world the community world the sporting world Whatever the case may be, that's where I actually started to really develop that passion mm. and see how the law could be used to enter a lot of those different spaces.
0: Yeah. So the follow up from here is Ben understanding at what point would you say was that that, that full realization and maybe at what age as well would you said like okay, I'm pretty set on this.
1: Yeah. Well, I think you know when I was in high school, it was. There was, there was an inkling there. There was a, there was a slight understanding of, you know, what, what that all looked like. But it was really only when I got to my postgraduate studies, which was when I was, yeah, what, 21, 22, mm. that I really started to develop that real passion and interest in the goings-on um, in my industry. Mm. Um, and so it definitely wasn't something that came very early for me,
0: yeah. Uh, next question that we have for you is, <laughs> What are the essential prerequisites that you need to become a lawyer, essentially? And this could be just academic prerequisites and standard things that you might need to get into university. But then as well, what are the general prerequisites that are maybe not mentioned that are required to explore this journey? Yeah.
1: Well, look, I mean, there's obviously certain academic prerequisites, but i try not to focus on those too much because the reality is there's actually always alternate paths that you can take. So it's very easy to say, oh, well, you need a 96 ATAR to get into postgraduate law at, you know, UWA where I studied, for example. But the reality is that I didn't get that ATAR and I got in based on my undergraduate marks and holding a certain weighted average mark, you know, wham, across my undergraduate degree, which is how I got into the postgraduate course. So there's always different uh, approaches but that's on the academic side on the practical side i think there is certain prerequisites you've you've got to enjoy reading <laughs> if you don't enjoy reading you're not going to like being not a cool lawyer, lawyer. Um, and, and, and you've got to have some of those skills regarding, you know, time management, attention to detail, interpersonal skills, you know, a lot of these soft skills that we talk about that to be honest, are relevant across all professions.
0: Oh, absolutely. Interestingly enough, you said there's multiple options to get where you want to be, especially in the area of law. How did that work for you that you took your weighted average mark and that was still sufficient for you to, to get through? Can you explain to us a little bit how that worked for you?
1: Yeah, that's right. So at least here in WA you've sort of got two options to get into the um, postgraduate law studies and that's whether you get a direct entry or whether you get in based on your undergraduate marks. You also, when I went through, had to do a separate test as well as your – marks from your undergrad and so that was that that was the option but I know even some other universities that offer undergraduate law they do it as a um as a as a bachelor of laws you can get in as well based on your your school marks so you know there's so many different approaches and often you can do an honours year to increase your WAM you can you know, there's so many different Or oh, you can do a diploma there's a, there's a lot of different ways to get into it so I just tend to not try and emphasise too much those academic prerequisites because if it is something that you end up being really passionate about and you have that commitment, there's often an alternate path that you, can, that you can pursue.
0: Sometimes it is the passion is there but the marks may be slipping and that may be because you're not really good at an exam pressure or you're not good with your assignments, all kinds of variety of reasons. But ultimately what you're saying is that if you have the passion, you can find multiple pathways more than just one.
1: That's right and, and the hard work. It's not just the passion, it's also the hard work and so it doesn't mean that you can slack off obviously but it means that you don't have to put too much pressure on yourself to get. The the good example for me was that direct entry pathway, it's just not the only pathway and a lot of people stress themselves out to no end in year 12 trying to achieve that when the reality was they could have... um, not done that and ended up with the same
0: end result. Interesting there, Ben. Uh, next question that we have for yourself is what options did you consider for selecting a university?
1: It's a great question. I looked at a lot of different options when I was finishing high school. I looked at the different universities here in WA. I looked at some universities interstate and actually even some universities overseas. And I think the thing that I was really looking for when I was choosing which university I wanted to go to was what job opportunities were going to be on the other side of the degrees that I was looking to pursue, talking to people that I knew that were doing that degree or attending that university And I was really lucky to have a broad network of people based on my co-curricular engagements. I knew people a few years ahead of me, which is really important in terms of having those mentors two and three to five years ahead of you, not just people that are well into their profession, but actually just a few years ahead Mm. of you. And so talking to those people was something that I weighed very heavily in terms of deciding what university
0: i wanted to go to that's such a great insight to communicating with your peers or with your friends who are maybe doing a little bit down the track to get that feedback next question that we have for you ben is how intense is the study during university and can you give us a real honest answer with this so i think The
1: simple answer is it depends. It depends on the way that you want to engage with your university studies. You you can pour infinite amount of time into your university studies, be in the library, you know, from dawn till dusk every single day um, and you're going to do really well, obviously, because of the hard work that you're putting in. On the flip side, probably my approach was making sure that I was getting the absolute essentials but making sure that I was able to also work get some good work experience focus on my co-curriculars these other elements of my life so I think in terms of how intense is the study during university it's what you make of it but it definitely is a high commitment degree to do a law degree and 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 particularly actually talking about other universities that perhaps have an abridged law degree that, that you have to you, you complete it in a shorter amount of time obviously has its benefits um, but it, it probably does also mean that it's a more intense study workload um, for those abridged courses so that's in in terms of thinking about selecting a university Mm. that's another thing to think about
0: oh absolutely and coming back to your experience and you try to adopt a very balanced lifestyle having your social aspects as well but even with that what was the normal study hours looking like for you was that all day was that a nine to five how many hours and how intense did it require in terms of the commitment to really understanding and studying law?
1: It's a great question. I mean, I think in in terms of putting a a number on it, the best way to think about it is similar to a full-time job. You know, nine to five is a a decent starting point because if you're studying four units a semester, which is the standard course load, and that's going to mean that, for my degree at least, that you would complete your master's degree over three years, What that looks like is um, perhaps five hours a week of lectures for each unit and then one to two hours, say two hours of tutorials. Mm. So that's, you know, the the class time, that's what that looks like. So if you then go seven times four, 28, 28 hours of in-class attendance is the absolute minimum, right? Mm. And then obviously you're doing... Reading and um, exam preparation, note taking, all of those things outside of those hours. So you can, you can probably add on another ten to fifteen hours outside of um, class as, as about a minimum to you know get you by. So that's wow. that's looking around you know the forty hour mark per week. Mm. And obviously as a uni student, that's across seven days because you know there's no days off if you've got a uh, essay due on Monday. You mm. know that's that, that that's the way to look at it. And it's then being able to say, well, okay how am I going to find that time, what am I going to use the rest of my time for and how do I want to balance those two things.
0: I mean I don't like to put percentages on on, on figures around this but if you had to take and what you studied in university and how much you're applying in the real world, how much would that be as a percentage in the area of where you work as a lawyer?
1: Yeah, so I guess to answer that question I'd say that I'm a you know commercial and um corporate lawyer um uh we call it front end you know I work on a lot of contracts and uh, a lot of advice work um and so I would say you know day by day I'm using uh, say 20% probably you know 20% of what I learned um in my law degree but uh, that's going to depend on what comes across my desk that day. And so, one day on a, any given Tuesday, I might use 100% of what I learned and, and probably more of 150% wow. because I'm drawing on more information that I probably <laughs> well, didn't geez. pick up yeah. when I was studying in terms of being able to answer a specific question that's wow. been given to me. on, yeah. For example, um, Uh, a mining law question Mm. or um, an environmental law question. And so I'm having to draw on everything that I learned at university plus having to obviously do ongoing legal research and professional development to make sure that I'm able to, um, you know, service my clients in the best way
0: possible. Wow. And so it varies to some extent and good to know that, you know, those formative years are when you are studying. It is applicable to some extent in however way you want to choose it in your working career. Ben, uh, next question that we have for yourself is do you have work life balance?
1: Uh, I think I do and I'm really proud of how I've been able to build that because it doesn't just happen it's not you know you have it or you don't have it you actually have to make it I think in whatever profession you're in particularly the legal industry there is a big focus on working and then putting in the hours particularly early in your career and so you've really got to make that a priority and communicate those at a priority to your manager and also to your colleagues and being able to say well this is something that's really important to me and so I might have to leave work early on Tuesday and Thursday but you know what I'm going to make it up and I'm going to still be a really reliable team member that you can trust is going to get the job done I think that's really where it matters so mm. it's not just about saying Give me, give me, give me. It's mm. it's a give and take situation, but you've also got to be really clear with yourself about what matters to you, what your priorities are, and then being able to communicate that in a respectful um, and reliable way. I think that's how you have good work-life
0: balance. And that's really great that you've been able to establish that. But many of the students that we had survey questions from is that this perception being a lawyer requires these insane amount of hours you're working, you know, ridiculous hours. You you may struggle with the work-life balance. You, you may not have a social life. Is that all just a bit of a false perception in some case? Look,
1: I, I hate to say it depends, but it really does. You know, mm. I think there's, there's, there's certain jobs, there's certain employers there's certain managers even at the personal level that are going to have a certain perception of what work-life balance looks like and that might be very different to your own so that's where choosing a job that you um that that where there's the same expectation and there's that same level that culture of respect and communication becomes really really important look Mm. i'm not going to sit here and say that it's not you know, a hard-working work, hard working job it is and it really can be. And, you know, we, we, you just have to read the papers to, to see some recent examples of where law graduates, you know, first and second-year law graduates were worked really, really hard. Um, now, the firms where that happened, they're, they're addressing that because mm. there was sort of, you know... Uh, put out there to, to not be the way that really you should be working wow. in 2022 because yeah. of the mental health issues that come with that level of stress and workload. Of course. Um, mm. But, you know, it, it, it is something that exists within our industry, something yeah. we need to keep um, reflecting on and, and saying, well, how do we balance – because the flip side of um, hard work and stress is um, – client expectations and the fact that our clients um, are doing remarkable work and need things done very quickly um, and very well which takes a lot of time Um, and so that's the flip side right so how do you balance those two things as well and I think as an industry, we just need to get better at that. Um, and you can see examples where we are. And so hopefully by the time that your listeners um, finish their law degrees, there's been a, there's been a cultural shift um, in that way. But yeah, it's, 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 it's something that we all need to keep working on.
0: Oh, really good to know, Ben. Um, next question that we have, and this one is another popular question that we had, is how did you find a job? Like, What was your process in terms of finding a job for you that really meted your requirements?
1: Yeah, it's a great question and, you know, I think there's so many different ways that you can you can get a job now, particularly um, in today's world, you know, where you can apply um, for a job from so many different sources. I mean, just go back 10 years and tell someone that they're going to apply for their job on LinkedIn. You know, nobody would have had any idea Imagine what you it. were talking about. Yeah. So I think, you know, there's so many different ways now. I think the broad sort of lesson that I learned during my law studies was – The importance of work experience making sure that as I went through my studies I wasn't just focusing on getting good grades and only focusing on my studies making sure that I was actually getting that work experience alongside that was going to be that when I got to the end of my degree or you know one year out from the end of my degree I was able to tell a really good story about the skills that I developed in the workplace as well as at my university and so my first job um out of university you know I, I i it was something that was unrelated to um uh lawyering but was at a law firm and so i was doing data entry it was that's the example right but i that was my foot in the door and then i was able to talk to some of the lawyers and say hey this is what i'm interested in this is what i'd like to do this is how i think i could add value here and um by proving my skills in a different area, I was able to get another opportunity to actually do some lawyering, which then that was my first opportunity, which then turned into another opportunity at a different firm, which turned into another opportunity. And then I, once you've got three you know experiences under your belt you're able to tell a better story than when you have zero so I think it's really that first you know we, we often talk to people and they're saying you know well how do I say I've got experience if I don't have any experience and that's where whether it's volunteering whether it's taking a different angle working a, a, a different skill that you know you've got that, that maybe isn't directly relevant that's where you can get some of that experience.
0: Uh, that's a really good point you highlighted Ben especially the fact that there is so much competition as well I mean if you think about how many students that you're also studying law with you everyone's competing for a job so looking at different ways and like what you've just said you worked at a law firm you're doing data entry even though that's not exactly what a lawyer does you were able to see an opportunity in terms of spreading that further and I think that's important for listeners out there in terms of finding a job it's not a one-step process you might need to consider different options and be in some cases what you've done been very clever about how you go about it
1: that's spot on and look I think also that There's an equity piece here as well in the sense that um, volunteering your time uh, is something that not everybody's got the opportunity to do because whether they're uh, a parent, whether they're um, coming from a a lower socioeconomic background or whether they just don't have the time to be able to do that, there's so many reasons why you might not be able to volunteer, um, which other students may have the sort of privilege to do. And so we've got to keep that in mind, but more and more firms are starting to see that mm. and starting to see, okay, well, we're not getting the bigger the bigger pool here. We're, we're only tapping into this smaller pool of people. So there's starting to be more opportunities and I think law – really fortunately in terms of studying law is one of the opportunities where a lot of the work experience that you do in your postgraduate law degree, you actually get paid for. And that's quite different to many, many other professions and industries where a lot of the work experience that you do is unpaid. And so that's just one example um, as well that sort of distinguishes um, a postgraduate law degree from other postgraduate degrees. That's not always the case, but I think I uh, fair to say that's definitely more the case than, than most other industries.
0: Uh, next question that we have for you is what is the starting salary range when you finish out straight out of university and what's the highest they can go?
1: Yeah, you know, luckily enough I've actually got a very clear answer to this question because I just recently got sent the salary guide for um, Western Australian lawyers. So um, the answer to the question is your first year out of studying a law degree, between zero and two years experience, the salary range that you can get at a law firm uh, is fifty-five thousand to ninety thousand Australian dollars, um, and in an in-house role, that's sixty-five thousand to a hundred thousand, and that's so that's from zero to two years experience. Once you, on the on the flip side of the coin, what's the highest that I could yeah. earn? I'm obviously a long way away from that. Um, but as a partner in a law firm, um, the range is anywhere from $250,000 to up to $3 million plus. So wow. there's, a, there's a really high ceiling, but the thing to keep in mind is that there's a lot of other things that you're going to have to sacrifice along the way to get to that level. And um, in m- my area of law, um, I work as an in-house lawyer. So I work for um, a company as a lawyer. Um, the range is you know, anywhere from, from $250,000 to you know, $1 million plus. Um, And that's for anybody that's got 15 plus years experience. So obviously a very qualified, um, very well experienced lawyer, that's that's sort of the top end of the range. And obviously, you know, there's anywhere in between that, but that gives an answer to the question, I guess. Oh
0: no, it definitely does. It's very clear, Ben. And I think that would be very insightful for all the listeners out there. But just coming back to you and where you're at, you're at that kind of zero to two years experience bracket. with that salary range of where you are in that range at the moment, does it reflect of the amount of work and output that you do right now in your day-to-day job as a lawyer?
1: It's a good question. I mean, look, everything's relative, isn't it? You know, there's people in different industries that are working a lot harder than me and not getting paid anywhere near the same. You know, you talk about nurses, teachers, aged care workers, you know, so everything's relative. I don't, you know, we can never say that it's directly, you know, hours to dollars. It's, uh, It's just not the way it is. But um, you know, I think uh, the lucky thing for me is that at my position, you know, based, I'm, I'm two years out of law school, I'm very comfortable, you know, I'm able to afford my rent, I'm able to live in a place I want to live, I'm able to buy a new surfboard, you know, at Christmas time and, you know, all of this type of thing. So it's definitely, you know, for the hours I put in, I feel very well um, compensated and I think, you know, most of my friends that, that, that I studied law with w- would feel the same way. But
0: last question that we have for yourself is... What do you value most in being a lawyer?
1: I think that the thing that I value most about being a lawyer is that you're a trusted advisor. And so with that comes a great deal of responsibility and um, and a, a, a focus on, you know, your moral and ethical compass. You need to make sure that that's top of mind at all times. Um, but with that trusted advisor role comes the opportunity to be Part of a team, and also gives you a, a foot in the door to a lot of the really interesting conversations that businesses are having. So, as a lawyer, you're a, you're you're, you're um, privileged with a lot of. Confidential information, um, a lot of uh, commercial and confidence information that um, informs some of the most important decisions that businesses make. So, um, being able to see that, be involved in that, contribute to that, to some of you know the the, the businesses that are leading the WA um, business community. That for me, that's what I value the most in being a lawyer. And then I think that's from the work perspective, and from my broader community and co-curricular volunteering perspective what I value most in being a lawyer is that I'm useful you know I'm useful to um, uh, organizations that I want to contribute to in many different ways in, in doing a law degree you learn about corporate governance you learn about um, you know insurance you learn about these really important issues that not-for-profits charities you know uh, philanthropic organisations have to grapple with and so I'm in a really privileged position where you know the causes that I believe in that I want to contribute to outside of my work life I feel like I'm in a position where I can I can offer them um, you know value and and and, and really um, play a role in furthering their cause so for me that's what matters the most um, and yeah it, it, it puts you in a really good position to to do that.
0: Oh, absolutely. Really appreciate that honesty, uh, Ben. And that wraps up all our questions that we have for you today. Um, For our listeners who have more questions for Ben that did not feature on our list today and actually would like to connect with him, just visit our website, careerview.com.au. And this is where you'll find Ben's profile and you can email him with more questions, which I'm sure he'll be happy to answer. Uh, And with every episode, please don't forget to submit your questions that you want to know to young professionals who've been there and they've done that and can share their experiences with you. Ben, just finally, just any words of advice, um, anything you would like to say to anyone who's aspiring or might stumble themselves into this career path like you did?
1: Yeah, look, I think being honest with yourself and doing something that you really believe in and are passionate about that's the most important thing and the hard thing is we don't always know that at the time and it's really hard to know that when you're in high school but for me one way of developing that was as I say before talking to people that were either studying or working in the industries that I was interested in hearing about what their day-to-day look like looks like um, and focusing on that I think that's going to give you the best chance of learning what you are passionate about learning what you want to do because you know here in australia we're really blessed that we have the opportunity um to often choose what we want to do particularly if you're looking to study at university the world's your oyster and so there's a lot of um really good opportunities for you um but knowing what you're passionate about and what what motivates you what's going to get you out of bed i think is the most important thing
0: it's been a pleasure mate thanks for being here
1: thanks neerjit appreciate it mate